0: Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. I've been talking with Gareth, a friend and a co-worker here at Silver Birch Ranch. He is a, a in his 20-somethings and I'm in my 60-somethings, so this fits the Younger Older just dandy. And uh, we've been talking a lot about how simple truth can actually help you uh, declutter your brain. Mm-hmm. Because every once in a while, as you look at what's going on in the world, you go numb because everything doesn't make sense. And you can only handle that so much. One of the, the things that's happening in your generation, and let me ask you, Gareth, if yeah. it's happening with you. People your age are turning off the news and turning off a lot of that feed and and very carefully choosing who they listen to. Right. So now you're you're just not getting all the propaganda that people my age actually got we're used to turning on the news at night yeah watching it and absorbing it because it used to be news yeah and you know here let me throw something at you get your opinion mm-hmm. so i'm watching the news okay and i'm watching these uh political ads that come on yeah and i think the political ads are obscene and I think, oh, gosh. Yeah. They're, they're, they're mean. They're nasty. They talk about things in prime time that I wouldn't want, like my five-year-old daughter, if I right. had one listening to. And so I, I contact the station manager mm-hmm. and I tell the station manager, why do you play these ads? And he says he has to. It's what the people want. No, it's because of the laws or something. <laughs> There's some laws passed by somebody that says, you know, if if they have the money they're political you have to play it and i'm sitting there thinking what if it's inappropriate don't matter uh that's an issue so now all of a sudden i look at it and go well i told this station manager then until after the election i'm done watching your station right he goes well that's your choice yes it is and and i don't want to watch it because of the ads
1: yeah
0: well we can't do anything about okay fine then then i don't have to watch it click off
1: and his thought process is he's expecting a full-on argument and, you know, you to call him every name under the sun because you don't agree with what he says. Yeah.
0: But th- what they don't understand is you don't have to listen to it. Right. Um, so there are people out there who, what What does it mean to be offended by somebody? If I, if you were to come to me and say you were offended by me, what in the world are you even talking about? Does that just mean you disagree with me?
1: I think nowadays it's such a blanket statement that it can mean just about anything. It used to be like, oh, that's offensive. That's you know some sort of racism, stereotypicalism in a harsh or mean way. Now it almost encovers, encompasses everything that someone doesn't like. Oh, well, I'm offended. You know, uh, what the sky's blue. Oh, I'm offended.
0: What does that mean to me, though? If I'm talking to you and you tell me you're offended, why would you tell me that in the first place?
1: Because I would say it's because people want you to have some sort of reaction or remorse so they want you to like we talked about in a previous episode you know everyone having the same thought well if i think the sky is blue well that offends you you saying that most likely warrants the expectation of well oh i'm sorry you know i didn't i didn't mean it like that i you know i apologize i won't say that again i won't disagree with you
0: well here's how weird i find that i i find it weird because what you're saying, basically, is if you disagree with me, I'm going to be offended right. by, by how you see the world. Yep. So it's all about me. Everything's about my self-centered world. Yep. And if you don't see my world the way I do, I find you offensive. Right. I think that's goofy.
1: Oh, it is. Well, and how do you even
0: communicate then?
1: Um. Most people then just stop. They stick within their demographics. I mean, we can even go back to politics of, Republicans talk to Republicans, Democrats talk to Democrats, and they bash each other in the process. Yeah, and as soon as one side hears that they're the other, boom, there's a connotation there, and there it's automatically affecting how they treat people.
0: Yeah, well, you know it's funny, you're you're a motor kind of guy, so I I like motorcycle guys. Okay. And, and people find that surprising because I don't look like a motorcycle guy. Not quite. No, but I used to own a Harley. Okay. It used to be a dirt bike Harley. It was a 150 enduro. The only one, one. The only one. Harley ever made yeah however if I go up to a bunch of guys that have Harleys they go hey and I start talking about their bikes and I still have my motorcycle license yeah and I used to drive a uh, in my day a Honda or a Kawasaki I never could afford a real big hog or something like yeah so but I I did drive a motorcycle in Chicago at, at times and and on the road up here you know whatever it might be and always had a motorcycle in the woods up here Uh, mostly a Kawasaki 250 that I would go out on. It was an enduro. And back then, the Kawasaki two-cycle 250s, they could really move. Oh, yeah. Those those babies, you you can really go with those things. So if I see a group of guys that are Harley drivers, I just go up to them, and I talk to them, and immediately I'm in their group. Yeah. And it's really interesting because it's not that I'm a Harley driver. I don't wear a leather coat with cut off sleeves. Right. You know I I don't do that. I don't you know I don't I don't have a ponytail that waves in the wind. You know I mean I don't do that. Right. But I can be accepted because of the fact that I have something that that relates to them and I'm looking for ways to connect.
1: Right, you have that common ground, that foundation to start with. Yeah. Now
0: you you have tattoos. I very much do. Yes. Yeah, and I don't. Is that, it has that ever stopped us from talking?
1: uh no we're here so
0: doesn't actually matter yeah you know I mean it's those things if you're gonna let something bother you if you're going to now there's a reason I don't have tattoos and there's a reason you do mm-hmm. frankly whatever it is it's fine with me yeah. it's probably fine with you because we haven't ha- had a discussion on it at all no. but it doesn't matter so that's not what you focus on we focus right. on things that don't matter at times
1: right oh gosh yes
0: so why would why would it matter whether you have a tattoo or not whether I would talk to you
1: right in the fact of, does my tattoos affect you? Does that affect how you look at me? No.
0: So what would you say if I came up to you and said your tattoos offend me? Cool. Yeah, I mean, what 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 can you do with that statement?
1: I'd, I mean, for me, I'd be like, all right, why? Let's, you know, figure this out. It's not going to change my view on it, but I'd like to at least have some sort of understanding.
0: Okay. So let me go into, you go into the New Testament and you realize the Apostle Paul, he was talking about uh, being careful about eating food offered to idols. Yep and in that passage he talks about you want to be careful to you know not to offend somebody now now here's the background of that situation Corinthians it, basically there used to be a place where the best meat would go yep. the meat that was offered to idols it it went to this place called the shambles and in the shambles you could buy this great meat yeah now a controversy came up that basically there was a group of Christians that said you know what you shouldn't be buying that meat and supporting the the industry that you know it, it supports all these idol worshipers right okay well I understand that yeah and if you came to me and said I don't want to buy that meat that that supports that industry I would say fine then don't buy it yeah because that would be a conviction for you and I, I would be fine with it now would I go buy that meat the question is in front of you
1: that would honestly depend on your relationship with that person.
0: It would, but in and here's what the Apostle Paul said as he was trying to sort it out. He said, You know, as I look at this situation, here's what I see. The buying of the meat or not the buying of the meat has nothing to do with my status with God or anybody else. Right. So I understand that, he said. Yeah. It, it doesn't make me a Christian or not Christian. But if I am going to bother a person, legitimately bother them and keep them from God? If I'm going to keep them from God because I did this, then I won't do it. Right. I'll be glad not to do it. Now, to me, that's the definition of true offense. It isn't, It isn't. I don't like what you have. See, that's different.
1: Yeah. That's an opinion.
0: That's an opinion, and it's different than, okay, I didn't grow up in the, now, now you know I didn't grow up in the in the world of um idol worship where they have meats offered idol things right I didn't do that, but if I did and I saw that that meat was a sacred meat mm-hmm. and I thought if you ate that meat, you know that 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 and I was with you that that would pollute me, yeah, then I could see that you need to be careful on what you do with it right, but I think that the word offense then has become something where we actually try and control other people with it. Oh, absolutely. So I could come to you and say something like, your tattoos offend me. But what I'm really saying is, I want to control whether you should get them or not. Right. Not, I'm actually offended. Because if I ever told you that your tattoos offended me, first of all, I don't know what I mean by that. Yeah. I, just because I don't have them, I don't have a, Um. Um. your hair's longer than mine. It is. I don't have real long hair either. I have short hair, <laughs> but your hair doesn't bother me. you. Have a beard? I don't. I do. I used to have a beard, but I don't anymore. Right? See, none of that stuff is offensive. It's different. Yeah. And none of that stuff should stop anybody from communicating or being a part of each other's life.
1: Right. Or having that preconceived notion, or how affecting how they treat them.
0: Absolutely. I have found as I've gotten older. Now I'm in, you know, later sixties, and I have found that that people actually are uh, treating me differently they're saying things like well somebody your age thinks that way and they'll just go away yeah so i'm thinking wait a minute you
1: you aren't even let me into the discussion anymore right. you've already shut me out of your thought process yeah
0: because you just say it anyone your age thinks that way now what's interesting though is i think from the time i was young the idea of both christians and non-christians using the term offensive mm-hmm. The way that I've seen it used, it's used in a way to control others rather than really be offensive. Right. And that's what we got to watch. Absolutely. So if I disagree with you, if I legitimately... Here, here's the question. Now, by the way, I'm using tattoos as an, a, a, a statement. I don't right. really care. Not, right. No, it, it's a great thing. I, I have no care whether you have them or not. And yeah. you probably know that because I've never mentioned it before. I don't really care. Yeah. But But if I did care... The question is, how can I talk to you about it if I actually had a concern? How how would I talk to it that would be acceptable to you? Like if I was if I was really concerned about something, how would I talk to you about it if it were something that would, whether it be valid or not? Yeah. Because if I come to you and say I don't like your tattoos, you could say, "Well, stick it in your ear." You know. What I yeah. Mean? Okay. Well, that's not the response I want. No. And and my heart isn't. I just want to control you. But what if I'm actually wondering? How how do I come and talk to you about something if I'm wondering if you're just going to dismiss me as somebody who's trying to control you?
1: Right, and I think that comes. It starts with the intention. Uh, if you have the good intention there, um, good will follow, or you know your good will follow. So you know, if I said, "Oh, I think you riding a har a Harley or a bike offends me," or you know, I don't think you should. Well, if that's the first statement I've ever said to you. I don't know you. Who cares what you think? Right. right. If I've known you for a while, yes, that's going to have a little more weight. But at that point, I've realized it doesn't matter. Right. If I go up to some random person and let's tread this line, they might be of a different sexuality, you know, whatever they identify as. And I say, I think that's wrong. I think it's against the Bible. I I think you're a horrible person because of it. Well, their automatic response is going to be in defense because right. I just attacked them right. and they have every right to be defensive about it. Right. But if I start by saying, hey, I," you, know, you get to know that person first. You start that relationship. You start with that foundation, that common ground. Then you know how to tread that relationship. Hey, I've known this person for however many years. Actually, one of my oldest friends that I can remember found out he was gay while I was in high school. Right. I didn't change my view of him. I don't it didn't change that, you know, it didn't make me think less of him that God loves him less. I don't have to agree with it and I don't agree with it. But is the friendship or that relationship worth more or less than that view? Right. And I think nowadays um and I do see it, not to pick on you, but I do see it a lot in the older generation. Well, sure you do. Yeah. Where anything different like that automatically goes to seeing red you yeah. know and i i've seen it in churches too where someone looks different or and i say this because like my church um when i was in michigan we had a huge um drug outreach ministry a lot, had a lot of recovering drug addicts and whatnot and anyone who had been going to the church for a while knew that and understood that those people are people too so you'd come come into church one day and there'd be guys in face tattoos, gang colors, and may or may not be a piece in their waistband, but they were here for the gospel. Um, we hadn't people who would come into that church and knew that would go up to my pastor and say, Will you let these people in. Well, yes, we let you in also. Cause are you not also a child of God? Sure. Um, my wife and I have been watching the series on, um, amazon prime called the chosen i don't know yeah, if you've watched yeah, it yeah i have um i think it does a great job of illustrating how different the 12 disciples were and matthew's a who didn't he oh i love the character yeah. they got they did for matthew yeah. because it's a great depiction um and uh, some of the dialogue that peter says to him is well, you were a Jew and you drained your people dry. Right. How do you expect us to forgive you for that? Right. And in reality, it's like, well, Jesus did. He called him just like you. Right. Um, Simon the Zealot. What people don't understand is zealots were trained assassins. They were extremists in their belief. Jesus called them too. Yep. He called everyone in between. And as Christians, I think we really need to focus on that just because they believe or act different or whatever we don't have to agree with it, and this is something we've talked about that love is not tolerant it's patient right you don't have to agree and you don't have to say you don't have to tolerate that but you still are required to love that person according to not only the the 12 or the 10 commandments i was thinking of a right. mel, uh mel brooks sketch sure <laughs> <laughs> um but, also, by what Jesus says, "Love your neighbor as God first love you, right, uh, and love your enemy and, you know it was in the in matthew five forty something I just used this first the other day, um talking about that, but you know, just because other people disagree with us doesn't mean we have to treat them like any less of God's children, absolutely, and I think that's something that comes up a lot in adverse cultures or adverse beliefs that. We as Christians think we need to be, you know, we need to be judge, jury, and executioner. When in reality, our job is to plant that seed and do everything toward that person out of love.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, people are are going to be different, obviously. We talked about this in one of our other programs. The idea of being different isn't welcome. Yeah. It isn't welcome in the church. And yet the body principle is taught. There's knees, there's ankles, there's... So. The, the idea being different, uh, you and I, we work together. You have long hair, I have short hair. You have a beard, I don't. You have tattoos, I don't. Yeah. None of that has mattered. No. So, so when you look at that, you go and say, okay, that's the stuff. If you're going to focus on that, you're focusing on things that you shouldn't focus on. Right. Uh, secondly, if you're going to talk to somebody who doesn't know God, they're going to act like they don't know God. Yes.
1: Okay. Why do we find that unusual? Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect example of being as different as we are. We can still have a conversation out of love.
0: Well, and, and there are certain things that don't actually matter. Yeah. I mean, there's no way other than control yep. that I would mention any of those things to you except for we're on the radio right now. Yeah. So I'm mentioning to make a point. Right. But other than that, I've never mentioned those things to you. No. Uh, it, this is the first time I've heard about well, it. Well. Maybe the long hair.
1: But well, that wasn't anything negative. Well, you know, you know the funny negative. the
0: funny part is, why would I? It's obvious. Your hair's longer, you have a beard and you have tattoos and I don't. So, why would I mention it? Yeah, it's it, it's, it's irrelevant. Not worth it. It's totally irrelevant. Yeah. And the only reason you would mention it is because you're trying to either be superior or you're trying to control or something. Because you don't see anything in there, in the biblical references that say mm-hmm. those are evil things to do. What what's interesting to me in that line of thinking as an older person my thought is we are so narcissistic as a society oh yeah that i need to hear everything that you're thinking and i really don't need to hear everything that you're thinking mm-hmm. that's the weird part because i if 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 i could get right down to it and boil it down to its simple its simplest somebody comes in and says i think you need to know i'm gay i'm going why do i need to know anything about that
1: yeah, is that going to change the weather tomorrow? Why, is it? So why I to... do I
0: need to know that? Why do you start with that? Right. It's it's almost as if you want to fight right from the beginning. I, why do you start telling me what your your thought process is in this area? It's not like I go up to people and say I'm sixty six years old and I'm heterosexual. I I've never done that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What are you supposed to do yeah, with that I... information?
1: I didn't prepare for an argument. I didn't bring my notes, but yeah, yeah I can improvise off of this. Yeah, I don't.
0: So my generation and me in in particular, I, I go, first of all, there'd be a whole lot less arguments because I don't need to know that. Yeah. And when you bring it up, it's almost as if you're bringing it up so you want to fight about it.
1: Right. And as Christians,
0: we're called to love. And if you're confused, you're going to act confused to me. I, yeah. I understand that. My idea isn't to start beating you up over things, but I will talk to anybody about believing that God created us a very particular way. Yep. That's where I'm going to spend my capital. Yeah. And if you want to disagree with that, eventually it's like, well, you'll answer to God, not me. I, I This isn't my issue.
1: Yeah. But regardless, we are called to love those people.
0: We are. And and really, it, but there are some times where there's protection issues. For example... If I'm going to be raising children in a home, Mm -hmm. I want to be careful the hours of influence are going to their head that creates a normal. Right. So so now here's where I think a lot of people start to wonder, okay, how do you do this? How how do I say to a child, you love this person, but this is not the right behavior?
1: Yeah, I would, and I'm saying this and I don't have kids, so I'm not an expert. Some people might jump down your throat for that one, but... um, Talking, I guess, when you have a younger, moldable mind, in my opinion, you really want to focus on showing them what's good, what is right. Um, when people are looking for counterfeit dollar bills or you know money, they don't focus on, they don't study counterfeit bills. They study what an actual, real bill looks like, so that when they see a counterfeit. They're looking for all the things that are real. They're not focusing on false. What is false or what isn't there will pop up like you know an eyesore. Right. And in our lives, it it's no different. We need to focus on, like we've talked about before, what is true, what is right, and what is wrong will pop out to us. But if we can do that with our kids and the future generation, instilling what is true and what is right is what is important. Right.
0: You know, the best thing I think you can do to in, to teach the next generation is have a great marriage Yeah. and love God and do it in public.
1: Yeah, I believe, I mean, I think the uh, marriage divorce rate is what, like 50% yeah. or something like that? Ridiculous. Right.
0: Well, it, I, and I've talked to so many Nicolet Bible Institute students through time who've, who've told me, you know, they don't know, they think marriage is just a a stupid institution because it doesn't work. And in other words, they've seen that it didn't work at home. Yeah. And my, my observation to them all the time is you need to go see a couple where it works. Yeah. Why? Because it'll be a contrast to you. Exactly. what You just talked about you. What happens is even now in the world with the world falling apart, with people, each person doing what's right in their own eyes, I think that the contrast for those who love God can be so stark right now that we can have a great influence in the world to help people get their act together. Mm-hmm. Because those who don't have their act together, they actually are the ones that are experiencing the anxiety, experiencing right. depression. Well, okay, as a believer, we go through the same trials, the same troubles, the same world that you're in. Yeah. But somehow we can have joy.
1: Right and our job is to come alongside them and help them right rather than just stand over them and chastise. And, and
0: earlier you mentioned see my my idea of church is I think the church is actually made for those who are believers regardless of where they come from. Yeah. And and that really what my job is outside the church, the building itself or whatever it might be is to live in a way where I compel people to become believers. Yeah. And then talk to them and then bring them with me to church. Right. And if I'm bringing somebody with me, obviously, I brought them with me. Regardless, you like you and I could go to church someday. Could be in the summer. You could be in shorts and cut off shirt and have all your tattoos and your hair longer than mine. And, and I'm sitting there like an old guy with really short hair and no <laughs> tattoos. And your three-piece yeah, suit. Yeah, my three-piece suit. And and people just go, oh, well, they're buddies. Yeah. Well, yeah, because none of that actually matters. Right. And And, and they're not making that matter. Right. But you're with me. So what happens is all of a sudden it's like, oh, legitimacy oftentimes comes from observing something, not just being told something. Right. So you want to talk about purpose in life, then you should have purpose in life and you should live that way. Right. Being the change you want to see. Yeah. But you got to do it in public and we're so private
1: now. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah.
0: So you got to, if it, you know, you got to have people over to your home. Yeah. You have to have people. See you in the street. See you at the store. You have to have people see you interact with. If I tell people marriage is important, you need to love your wife. You know, they need to be able to see us. Right. Um, now you you've done you've seen my wife and I, I. I have often said that one of the most important things I do is walk three miles a day with my wife.
1: Holy cow!
0: So because it's, we get out of the house, we 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 don't have all the other pressures in life. And it's the time, because I am not really good. If she just wants to sit there and stare at me and talk, that isn't my thing. (laughs) So I would just, but if we're walking, she can talk and, and and I'll listen and I can talk. And several times when you're driving, you've seen us walk.
1: Oh yeah. I pass you just about every day. Yeah,
0: So it's like, okay, well, if we walk that direction, you'll see us. If we walk the other direction, you probably won't. Yeah. But the bottom line really is I have had more people come up to me and say, my wife and I started walking. It's been really good for us, and I haven't really preached it much. I've just said when someone asked me, "What do you do in your marriage that is work that works?" I said, "We walk." Oh, come on! No, I mean really, no, really. That's that's really been go good. try it. Yeah, go do it. It's been good for us, and you do it. We do it almost every day we can. That it's not really really ugly out. Yeah, and even when it's cold, because we'll ski other other than that, so we'll still go out and do it. Yeah, because we found that if we stay at home. We lose ourselves in things. Oh, yeah. And we don't actually have that time to communicate. Plus, you're making a commitment to each other to walk where you're trying to work on your health. Mm-hmm. You're trying to stay somewhat healthy. And both of you are keeping each other on a schedule of walking them because every day I don't feel like doing it. She says, let's walk. And every day I don't feel like doing it. I, she doesn't feel like doing it. I say, let's walk. And we make the other person walk. Right. Those are good things for right. a couple. So what's funny is I there are several, many that have said, Well we do that now And I have many funny, the first thing they say to me is, I still don't walk. I don't know how you do that <laughs> And I'm thinking, I didn't You're feeling guilty. You look at me and that's what you think? Yeah. Why? Because the example is there. Right. And that's how you teach. You teach by example. Not necessarily by words, especially in
1: this generation. Yeah, I mean we so one thing that we do constantly is every day when we get home from work how was your day how was work tell me what happened and no matter what that is a constant that happens every day because we're making time for each other here you go
0: now what's interesting is young people will come to you and say you know i don't think marriages can work and etc the answer i believe the best answer for them is well why don't you come over and talk to us why don't you come spend some time at my house yep there's the answer for you it Mm -hmm. isn't I'm going to lecture you on marriage. Right. Because right now, there's a plethora of words on the internet and everywhere else. You can go to any podcast you want on marriage and relationships. You can go to four billion of them. Right. How about getting simple? hmm And what you do is go observe somebody whose marriage is actually working. Go observe somebody younger, like Gareth and his wife. Go observe <laughs> somebody older, like myself and my wife. Go observe different generations, different economic brackets, and look at what makes it work. Yeah. Not study what doesn't work because right. that is a dime a dozen out there and you can find it and probably immersed in it in the media. So anyway, well, thank you, Gareth, for your time. This is yeah. Dave Wager and Gareth coming to you from Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And this is a program called Younger Older. We invite you to check out the website, silverbirchranch.org. Goodbye for now.